Hiya guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week to the Not The Top 20 betting show. Ali Maxwell and George Ellick talking all things EFL as always. And in this instance, we're going through the three EFL divisions ahead of the weekend, picking out our selections, our best bets, our fancies, if you will, ahead of the weekend. This podcast is for over 18s only. Uh, it, it, it is around the topic of gambling, which comes with risks. So please be aware of the risks. Head to gambleaware.org.uk for all the information surrounding the risks that come with gambling. George, before we get going, uh, last week, a so-so week, really. Not great. One out of three with our team selections. Yours was your nap, which is good. Uh, my nap didn't win, but uh, I did get Cardiff up against Middlesbrough. Need to be better this week. Exciting times for the pod. Our first piece of video content going live in the next few days we need to steer people towards our youtube page what can you tell the listeners about what they have to look forward to <laughs> something a bit different um i guess it kind of goes alongside the meat series where we're taking somebody who we think is very interesting who has made their name and their career in the efl um, this guy is, is particularly i guess beloved by one set of fans um, so hopefully they, they watch it and get behind it. And a little bit of a twist as well, a bit of a competitive edge to it, let's say. Mm. Um, and glad to, glad to um, yeah, see how it goes down. Yeah, it's currently in the edit suite, just getting finished for us. So head to our YouTube page if you search for Not The Top 20 Podcast and subscribe to the channel. A, we'd be very grateful. And B, you'll be able to see the video as soon as it drops in the next few days. It's a series that we're hoping that we can uh, secure some backing for so that we can make a few episodes uh, and sort of delve into that side of the content game. Let's get cracking with our betting selections, George, starting with your best bet of the EFL weekend. Yeah, my best bet is, I mean, I know they're, they're a team that, that you're keen on. They're a team who've done very well this season and their home form, despite not playing at home, has been um, perfect. But I'm getting against Coventry yet again. Um, I am tipping up Doncaster to beat Coventry at 5-2. to two. Uh, A couple of weeks ago on the betting show, my nap was Ipswich to beat Doncaster because I just was a little bit concerned that maybe the results that Doncaster had had, had given the, the schedule they'd been given, where because of... Um, the postponement against Bolton, um, they had a lot of uh, home games in a row. And I wasn't necessarily sure whether or not they could match that on the road against better opposition. But they more than matched Ipswich that day. They were unlucky not to be ahead early on. Um, since that game, they bounced back from a disappointing home defeat to Blackpool to, to kind of swat away a Peterborough side who came to the keep moat pretty high on on confidence. And there's reason to believe I think now this Doncaster team is actually very very good and under Darren Moore they're playing really good stuff as well um, Ennis looks like Nard Ennis who's on loan from Wolves looks like a really really good player um, we've always been keen on, on Ben Whiteman James Coppinger having a fantastic start to the season evergreen um, as we always say and they just look like a team who are very very solid at the back they're not going to concede many goals Coventry pretty haphazard you have to say um, snuck past AFC Wimbledon last time out at home to keep that run going. Also went 2-0 down at home to Blackpool before coming back and winning 3-2. It's just a little bit less solid and I, and I just don't think they're going to be able to keep the run of form at home going. They shouldn't have as um, as much of a benefit playing at home as other teams do given the St Andrews uh, factor. That hasn't come into to effect so far, but that by no means means that's not going to be the case as we go further on to the season. And I'd still be pretty happy to take them on given normal home advantage despite... Uh, the early results. Um, and 
Yeah, and Doncaster, if you're looking at the, the XG data as well, they're, they're projecting very well. Away from home particularly, they're, they're, they're projecting well, which bodes well here. Um, and I just think it's a little bit... I, I, if I were to have a match bet now on who I think is going to come higher than the other um, over the course of the season, I think I'd probably side with Doncaster. I'm waiting for, for commentary to slip up a little bit, despite the fact I have a, a lot of time for their manager. And, and I do think they've got decent players as well. Um, maybe scarred a little bit by what I thought was a, was a pretty abject performance when I saw them live against Oxford, where they didn't they didn't deserve a three-all draw. But I, I think that even in the game since then, the, the, the Blackpool game being one, the AFC Wimbledon game being another, there's been something not to like about most performances, even if they're getting the win. And whilst some people think that winning ugly or, or kind of getting lucky and winning is is a, is a sign of a good team, I think it's possibly a sign of a team to get against. So, um, yeah, Donny, Donny at 5-2 to two to keep the good start going. A sea of blue currently on odds checker, I should say. So that 5-2 to two might not last very long. Yeah, a good time to point out that we are on Sky Sports tomorrow evening ahead of the Friday night action. That is Stoke against Nottingham Forest live on Sky. There's also Fulham Wigan on Friday night, although that one's not on the telly. Uh, we're going to be on from 7 o'clock, part of the build-up for the Stoke Forest game. It's a fascinating game for a couple of different reasons. And we're going to be running through a couple of the interesting topics outside of that game ahead of the EFL weekend, of which Coventry Doncaster might well be one because it's probably the most eye-catching game in League One, I, you probably won't mention that Donny are your nap on the betting show. I imagine George live on no, Sky. You maintain I, some semblance we, of professionalism. I think we might, we might not get invited back if that happened. I think. Fair point. Fair point. Still clinging on though. Um, <laughs> my nap is down in League Two. I'm picking Northampton to beat Morecambe away. Uh, 2.25. This one. This, to be quite frank, is is an automatic bet against Morecambe. Uh, as Loyal and regular listeners to the pod will know I do have somewhat of a soft spot for Morecambe. I very much admire their their history, I suppose their recent history in the EFL, the extent to which they've been able to uh, survive and, and, well, I was going to say survive and thrive. That might be taking it a step too far. But the, the extent to which they've been able to survive against fairly large odds each year. And um, uh, Jim Bentley is an incredibly likeable bloke. The way that they've resurrected the careers uh, or kick-started the careers of many EFL players is, is admirable as well. And of course, their YouTube channel is my favourite in the game. But uh, I'm afraid currently they are, uh, along with Huddersfield, I would say, who have got a new management team in that might improve them. Uh, I would say Morecambe are the worst team in the EFL. You know, obviously in League Two, but also relative to to the division across the whole three uh, leagues. They've got six points from their 10 games. Just the one win, that was away at Macclesfield, a narrow 1-0. Uh, in the last sort of six to eight games, I think it's, it's pretty undeniable that whether you're looking at, at performances, whether you're looking at even results or underlying numbers, whatever you're into, um, they, they are probably the worst team, certainly in League Two. Uh, they've conceded 15 goals in their last six games. Uh, they very rarely, and to be honest, they've never been a particularly good attacking side. It doesn't help that any time they have a good attacking player, they get poached by a bigger club who can pay more money, but um, that they are not a good attacking side. They've already played six of the current bottom 10, and aside from that, Macclesfield win two draws and three defeats. So the, these are the teams, George, that they're meant to beat, the teams that, in staying up in previous seasons, that's who they've been beating, and we've always made a point of... of, of well, of laying that bare, but at, at the moment, it's not happening. The nous and the know-how that they had or or should have or need to have, they don't have at the moment. Um, they've taken the fewest shots on target. They've faced the most shots on target in the league. Uh, they're up against a Northampton team who I'm not in love with. Um, they're, they're pretty middle of the pack, I'd say. 12th in the league. 
Uh, four wins, four defeats, two draws. They create about as much as they allow the opposition to create. Um, they're pretty, they're pretty sort of six out of ten, seven out of ten. Their recent form's been been improving, solid. Three wins and a draw, and the one defeat in their last five games. Um, it, it's not the most exciting team under Keith Kerr, but it, it has a very solid spine. Uh, Good and Wharton at the back, Turnbull and Lyons in midfield. Andy Williams, of course, up top. I think that, uh, you know, Northampton should assert themselves on this game. They should win this game, and I'm taking them for my nap at 2.25. So two more each. Next best, George, two more teams that you want to get with. You may have made up a saying in that little spiel there, which I enjoyed. I think I made up a couple. Laying that bare. Yeah. No, something's been laid bare. That's a phrase. Look it up. Uh, right. We're, we're just doing it. We're, we're the ones laying. I'm laying it bare. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. I thought you were talking about like lying down a grizzly. To, um, to lay bare, to reveal or uncover private yeah, information yeah, no, I, or I, I feelings. Get that. I, I, thought, I thought you were literally talking about a bear lying down, like a grizzly bear. <laughs> um, that's, where, that's where I got confused. I Terrifying. thought it was a saying and I, I, um, I just wanted to check. I had been missing something for, for my life. But let's, uh, let's move on from that quite weird little aside. Um, and I am going... Uh, I'm backing a team to win who have won once in about a year in Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, they were on my um, shortlist as well, so I, I, I'm interested to hear what you say here. Yeah, it's at seven to five. I think when um, the Cowley brothers would have looked at the fixtures upcoming when they took the job on, um, I think this is probably the one that caught their eye straight away and thinking that's where we need to start making our stamp um, on this team. Um, they Huddersfield were, of course, pretty close to finally picking up a win uh, on the weekend, where they, they were beaten by West Brom, having been 2-1 up, they were eventually beaten 4-2. Um, so maybe difficult to take too much um, away from this. But at the same time, I think that Carlin, Carlin Grant, Fraser Campbell and, and Elias Kajunga put in a much improved um, performance as a front three in that game, better than anything we've seen um, so far this season. So signs that the Cowleys are certainly getting it right. Um, also fantastic first goal from Lewis O'Brien, who had a great game on the left-hand side as well. So some positives, I guess. Uh, until the 70th minute mark when they were 2-1 up, you could say that there were massive positives. And uh, I'm sure they'll be looking to go into this much easier looking game and, and build upon that. And they do have the tools at their disposal to, you know, from those players I've just mentioned, to really cause trouble for these teams. And it's important to remember as well that given the squad that we saw in the summer, I think you, we put them ninth or 10th in our predictions and we thought that was a very negative um, assertion. So given the, the, the high regard that I have the Cowleys in, I don't think it's going to be too long until they're picking up points again. And this looks like a fantastic opportunity to do so because Millwall are rubbish. Um, <laughs> I, I follow someone on Twitter called The Football Theorist. Um, he, I don't necessarily agree with some of his views uh, that he puts on Twitter, but he is um, an interesting follow. Um, and he runs a, a private um, tipping uh, service or whatever. So he's someone who, who often posts some interesting angles. And he's a Millwall fan. And he posted some interesting stuff about Millwall, um, such as... Uh, Mill have scored two goals from open play in their last 1,410 minutes of league football with injury time. That is one open play goal for every 12 hours played. That is horrific. It's also been 15 games since Mill scored two goals in a league match. The last time was a 2-0 win over West Brom last season. One own goal, one massive deflection. Since then, Mill have averaged 0.6 goals per league game. I think you can tell the route that I'm going down here where mm. just Mill going forward are offering absolutely nothing at the moment. And uh, I think that we can... Huddersfield's defence is by no means 
particularly resolute, but but I think that this is a game where the, if they're going to ever keep a clean sheet or ever be able to keep the, the, the scoreline down, then this is where they should be able to do it. Millwall's away record, as we know, um, is pretty appalling. They were well beaten by Black, Blackburn um, when I napped Blackburn a couple of weeks ago, 2-0. Um, they went to, to Middlesbrough and drew one all. They went to Fulham and lost 4-0. They went to West Brom and drew one all. They haven't won on the road this season. Um, so this just seemed like a perfect opportunity for, for the Cowleys to get that win, to get Huddersfield's first win of the season. Um, it's impossible to see Millwall tearing Huddersfield apart like some teams have done this season. Um, it's a massive, massive game for them. I mean, I just you cannot over, overstate how big a game this is for Huddersfield. So they, if they do get that three points, and suddenly that the, the other teams in the league look in, in kind of chasing distance immediately and, and the whole positivity around the club changes, the, the losing run or the winless run finally is over. And I back them to do it at seven to five. Okay, nice. I'm picking Bristol City. They're away at Preston. I'm going to take them draw no bet. Currently, best price marathon at two point seven six. Most firms just a little bit skinnier than that. We're looking at about six to four, seven to four here. That you can get them at three point eight to win the game, just under three to one. And that was what was initially caught my eye. You know, I'm playing it safe to some extent. Uh, picking the draw no bet but it's kind of based on the way I think this game will play out this fixture Preston Bristol City I think in terms of pure competition and footballing intrigue is probably my number one fixture of the weekend I think um, that their two teams have started the season very well at Preston especially potentially the sort of uh, under the radar team in the championship at the moment having snuck into third spot uh, as discussed on the Monday pod at length in the last few weeks uh, they're doing so based on narrow, narrow wins, that's for sure, and a very, very solid defence, uh, sort of marshaled by Patrick Bauer, who they signed on a free in the summer. And Bristol City doing well as well. They're uh, they're in seventh place. They obviously suffered defeat on opening day against Leeds, and since then, four wins and three draws. I think it's going to be a really, really tight game, um, and I don't think it will be an open game. So I'm expecting a low-scoring tight game. I think... They're quite similar sides uh, in terms of quality. I, I think if this was, well, I was going to say, I was going to use the old neutral venue line, but actually Bristol City are very good away from home and possibly more comfortable, possibly better suited playing away from home. Uh, this season, three wins and one draw in their four away games. It's the second best record behind Leeds. Last season in the championship, they had the third best away record behind Norwich and Sheffield United with 11 wins out of 23. So they, they, they know how to win away from home. I think it's partly down to, I'm not sure what holds them back at home particularly, but they seem better suited away from home. I think it's a, a versatile squad with, with more options this season. Uh, and it reflects its, its manager, Lee Johnson, who likes to tinker, who likes to mix things up. He's quite reactive, uh, changing systems in-game, uh, game-to-game, that sort of thing. They've got the... They've got the ability to do that now, and they have played three at the back, four at the back, different systems in the last few weeks. Alex Neal is similar, to be honest. Preston often switch it up and play different combinations, certainly in that front four. You can't really predict who's going to start at the moment. Uh, very reactive to the opposition, and I, I just see this being a very, very tight game. For that reason, with Bristol City and such a strong away record, um, I'm going to pick them to draw no bet. Uh, well, I'm going to pick them, draw no bet, because I think it's a game that could be won by a single goal. And uh, I, I certainly feel like Bristol City have a a very good chance to be the team to get it. So uh, Bristol City, my selection here. Again, they are available just under three to one to win the game for the purpose of the pod and my my picks. I'm going to go draw no bet here. And so the, the next one for you, George, you've done a championship. You've done a League One. Any interest in League Two? 
Yeah, back in Cambridge to beat the currently managerless, although it looks like the caretaker manager will end up being um, the full-time manager if he can get a couple of results under his belt. Um, yeah, back in Cambridge to beat Stevenage at 15 to 8. I'm uh, not Cambridge sure either really... of us have ever picked Cambridge to win on the betting show. There you go. Um, I mean, quite quietly, they've got an all right team. I mean, you look at the kind of, you've got Duncan and Lewis out wide. You've got Reggie Lamb and George Maris in centre field. You've got the 37-year-old Mark Richards alongside Sam Smith, who seems to be having a much better time of it in League Two than he had in League One. I mean, it's it's personnel-wise, it's looking fairly decent. Um, and then you've got players such as Luke Hannon and Samuel Carruthers uh, not even mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, quietly, they, they've gone about their business quite well this season. Colin Calderwood certainly has turned them around from last season. They're not missing. Um, uh, they're not missing Giovanni Brown as much as he's missing penalties, no, are they? <laughs> exactly. Definitely not. Very good gag. And I'm quite jealous that people at the, at the game on Saturday at Stevenage are going to be able to see Craig McHale Smith going up against uh, Mark Richards, two Ooh. EFL absolute legends. Um, you know, two guys who uh, who know exactly what they're doing in this league. And Scott um, Cuthbert and, Cambridge, and Adam El Abd and all that lot as well. I mean, it's. Cambridge are really enjoying their their time on the road this season. You look at the, the the three wins or the four wins they've had in the league. Three have come away from home, and they've been against Colchester, Crewe, and Mansfield. Um, three teams who I think we'll probably expect to finish in the top half of the table. Obviously, the red cards in both the Crewe and Mansfield games, certainly the Crewe game, made a big difference. But against Mansfield, it was fairly late, and they were one 0 up um, in that tie, undeservedly so. Went toe to toe with Swindon um, last time out and got beaten one nil, but no shame in that whatsoever. Um, and even in the Cup, they went to, to Griffin Park and, and managed to get a result on penalties, having drawn one all with Brentford. So it seemed to be a team who relished their travels. Stevenage winless this season. Uh, still um, under Samson, I mean, they've tightened up a little bit at the back, but, but they've still yet to score in those two games, being beaten 1-0 by Northampton and a nil draw at Forest Green. Um, so an improvement from what we saw under, under Dino uh, Mamria, but where they were conceding goals for fun, but at the same time, it's not particularly inspiring. Um, Stevenage are priced up as, as just about favourites here and I, I can't see a reason why Stevenage are the more likely winners uh, than Cambridge who have beaten the three much better teams than them already this season on their travels and just toe-to-toe in terms of the, the, the quality and the players in the, in, the, in the teams I think Cambridge have the edge as well so I think Cambridge should be favourites uh, so it's at 15-8 to eight. Uh, I think it's worth a bet You know who else enjoys their travels in the EFL, George? The Not The Top 20 podcast. I was, and, I was about to say me. <laughs> yeah, well, you and and me. Don't forget me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, no. I'm important to this as well. And it's apt because next week we are going on another EFL midweeker. We're actually not on the road, sadly. We're on the, on the tracks. But um, we're going to a championship game on Tuesday up north. And then we're going to a championship game on Wednesday down south. And what we love is for people to join in with the trip by following us on Instagram at NTT20pod. We normally manage to sneak some golf into those trips, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, two, get, two good games we're going to as well. Probably my, well, obviously our picks for, for the best games <laughs> in midweek. So make sure you're following us on Instagram to be across that next week. So we're so multifaceted these days on all, all the platforms, aren't we? Um, although we did get a message on Facebook the other day saying, how out of date is this? Your last post was about the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, fair play. I, I haven't been on Facebook for about six months. So I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone goes on Facebook anymore. <laughs> no, that's under, my bad. Under the age of 60. So. That's my bad, Facebook fans. Um, my next Nothing best... against over 60s. No, obviously. we love them. I love them. Mm. Um, uh, next best for me is a double, uh, which is unusual. 
And it's a bit of a muggy double. It's Fulham and Ipswich. Uh, together, they are six to four, the double. Uh, they're both very, very short, uh, obviously, in their single selections. They're playing, to my eyes, the pretty much the worst away teams in their respective divisions. Fulham against Wigan on Friday night and Ipswich against Tranmere. Now, obviously, these two are both strong sides as well. Fulham not quite putting teams away yet, frustrating their fans to some extent uh, by not maintaining their leads when they go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this one might be somewhat reminiscent of that Millwall game they had uh, the other midweek when they dominated the ball and won very comfortably. I think that is quite possible here against Wigan. Um, Ipswich also not obliterating teams by any means but they are winning games and they've only conceded one in their six games against teams in the bottom 10 of which Tranmere are very much uh, one of them Tranmere as we said on Monday they have this crazy record for late goals at the moment uh, but they haven't scored first in any game this season I don't think they've scored yet in the first half either so uh, a a bit like what you said with good teams winning ugly there's also a, a sort of gosh, what fun. We keep scoring late goals in order to dig ourselves out of holes because we haven't played well for 75 minutes. So uh, I'm hoping that um, Ipswich and Fulham will be far enough ahead of Wigan and Tramier that uh, that they won't let them back into the game. James Norwood, obviously uh, Ipswich striker against his old club Tranmere, for whom he scored so many goals. I, I think these two teams win, so I've doubled them up. For a 6-4 to four double, what's your bonus bet this weekend? Bonus bet is Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday to beat Middlesbrough to nil uh, on Saturday. Nice. Um, Middlesbrough in a bit of trouble, struggling for goals, um, beaten one nil by Cardiff, um, having gone behind early on and, and really struggling to make much of an impact. Um, Millwall uh, went there, who, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm not a fan of away from home and got a point in a one all draw. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday have done it to a couple of teams already this season. Um, they went to Huddersfield and won two nil. That was Gary Monk's first first um, game in the job he's going to be very very keen to get this one um, given his history with Middlesbrough Um, and I think we know what we're going to get with him it's going to be functional pretty attritional Um, they're not going to give up many chances and given the attacking talents they've got this season uh, you know you've got to fancy them to to hurt Borough Um, a Borough who aren't going to be very full of confidence a manager who's who's learning his trade as he goes um, and I think will be given time to do so um, but I mean, I think Sheffield Wednesday are, are a really good bet in this game. Normally at nine to four, it seems a massive price um, because again, I, you know, you look at the teams, and I think there's far more quality in the Sheffield Wednesday team, and they've shown much more this season already. Um, I think Fletcher is a, a, basically the perfect striker for, for Gary Monk as well. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. Good to see Sam Winnell back amongst it as well. And we've spoken about Murphy and, and Harris and Reach offering something that Wednesday just didn't have last season. Um, so I think this is going to be an awkward one for, for sorry for Borough and I think that if Sheffield Wednesday can get in front um, I'd back Monk to set the team up to, to restrict Borough to very few chances so well, 4 to 1 I mean I'm back in the, I'm back in the 9 to 4 but I'm, I'm back in the 4 to 1 to nil as well You say it's an awkward one for Borough I think it's a pretty awkward one for everyone this given the uh, accusations levelled at Gary Monk by uh, Middlesbrough his former club mm. suggestions or allegations Alleg- rather Allegedly that, Yeah exactly allegedly. I'm just going to keep saying it as you, as you talk well, I think that's that's quite right. That's good teamwork. Um, it's, it's all absolutely alleged. But uh, let's just say if the resurgent Marvin Johnson scores the winner against Gary Monk's Sheffield Wednesday, that would be narrative piled, heaped on narrative. Uh, my bonus bet, 
Uh, Mark Roberts of Birmingham to score first against Derby. There is 40 to 1 available, but there's there's now only basically Bet365 and uh, Betfair and Paddy Power who do the old each way terms for these first goal scorer bets. And I'm all about the each way terms. So I'm going to take Betfair's 35 to 1 here for the sake of my selection. I think it's fair to say that Derby are not in good shape. George, do you think that's fair to say at this juncture? Yes. Um, an incident, as we know, as I'm sure everyone listening knows now, involving uh, Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett and their vehicles, uh, uh, one of which contained Richard Keogh, the club captain, uh, who suffered an injury that sees him ruled out for the whole season. Uh, the fallout from this is, uh, well, I was going to say it's, it's rumbling on still, but it's, I reckon it's kind of only really just started. So there's not a huge amount to say on, on the matter other than how just disappointing it is I suppose to read about this sort of stuff because it's uh it, it's it's not what we like to to see it's not what we like to read and uh, in footballing terms Derby uh, whether or not Lawrence and Bennett are available for selection this weekend they're certainly without Keogh they're certainly in the midst of a, an off-field matter that is going to be taking up a lot of people's times at that club so I'm not feeling particularly confident uh, about their game against Birmingham on the weekend. They're sort of helped by the fact that Blues away form has been very patchy this season uh, and they've had the propensity to chuck in a stinker uh, and their game on the weekend was very poor as well. So the, Derby are not necessarily up against a, a a team who are red hot and ready to take advantage of any off-field issues. But uh, without Keo at the back, I do think that Birmingham have a good chance from set pieces, uh, always a, a big threat with... The Duke, Djukovic, one of my favourite EFL players. But Roberts is, I would say, if not the first target with Djukovic, certainly the secondary target. Uh, as a centre-back, he's had eight attempts in his eight games so far, so averaging one a game. Derby, uh, via the Fox Punter data, the rating service that we subscribe to, they're one of the poorest teams uh, at set-pieces in the Championship. Barely a threat from their own, uh, and the third worst in terms of XG against from set-pieces. So, with Keogh out, that means either Bielik gets moved back to play alongside Clark, uh, or if they want to keep Bielik in midfield, George Evans is another option at centre-back, or the returning Curtis Davis, who we've not seen a lot of through injury in the last 18 months or so. Uh, I, I, I fancy Birmingham um, to be on the front foot early on in this game, that's for sure. And uh, I think that Roberts is a good char- a good bet to, to at least have an effort in this game, a good chance at 35-1 uh, to 1 each way to score first. Got to get one of these up soon. Got well, I mean, I was going to gonna say, up. I think how long is it going to be till you're tipping up Elliot Moore? You know, well, a, a, the issue he's... with Elliot Moore, George, and of course I know every centre back in the EFL now because of these bets, is that you're not you don't get great price on Elliot Moore because he's already bagged a couple, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he scored in his last two games, and I guess. he's so I mean, he, tall that you can't really hide him. <laughs> he's very tall. He is. Um, I mean, yeah, he would stick out in the market, I guess. So. So I absolutely did have a look at this, but you've got best price 25 to one, basically uh, 20s across the board. So uh, that's kind of not good enough. No, I'm, I'm re- I really am a 33s and longer man when it comes to these. Um, listen, George, thanks so much for your, your, your expertise and your enthusiasm on this week's betting show. Run me through the selection so that those waiting poised with pen and paper can jot them down. Well, I hope they've listened to the podcast. Mm, but, me too, um, me too. Yeah, the Naps in League One, it's Doncaster to go to, to Coventry and win. That's 5-2, to two, so quite a big price nap. Um, but I think it's good value. Uh, Huddersfield to beat Millwall in the Championship. Uh, Cambridge to beat Stevenage in League Two. And the bonus bet is Sheffield Wednesday to beat Borough to nil at 4-1. to one. OK, and I've got uh, Northampton Town as my nap away at Morecambe, 2.25. 
Bristol City draw no bet in that fascinating affair at Deepdale on Saturday, 2.76 best price with Marathon bet. The Fulham and Ipswich mug double at 6-4 to and Mark Roberts first goal scorer in the Birmingham Derby game, 35-1 to each way I'm taking. You can get 40-1 to if you're a real risk taker. And thank you so much for listening, guys. Please get in touch with any thoughts. We're at NTT20pod. Among various things to look forward to from us is a Sky Sports appearance tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, that is, 7pm. Tune in to Sky Sports' main event and see how we get on there. We've got... What else have we got? We've got a bit of youtube content dropping in the next few days so please go and subscribe to our youtube channel search for not the top 20 podcast on there and finally instagram at ntt20 pod as well we're going on another efl midweeker next week uh, two championship games being taken in live and we're going to be doing lots of insta content and we'd love for you to join us there and we hope that you'll join us again on monday where we'll be recapping the EFL weekend no doubt there'll be plenty of good stories and hopefully a couple of winners this weekend as well enjoy the weekend speak soon